What is up, everyone? Jammers in the Rough is here. It is our episode number eight. I'm a little tired, so I'm sorry if I'm a little bit groggy, but I'm going to do my best to keep up with everybody. Um, we have, as usual, Cody, the absolute worst. Josh is just figuring it out, Winter, and myself, Paige, bringing to you an amazing episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. And I think Josh is shaking his head, so how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> you seem super tired. <laughs> well, I think tonight we're going to be uh, talking to you about your LVC experience. Yes. So like as a whole, like how you doing? <laughs> as a whole i mean to be honest i i mean doing like a lot of thought I, I i'm not doing as well as i wanted to and not as well as my prep was kind of leading up to um i'm kind of sitting 31st trying to make the day four cut so tomorrow is my kind of last day to create that big push um i'm just kind of just you know disc golf is always a game of inches and you know, you got to take like a lot of the luck with a lot of the bad luck. And I think I have conversations with this with some of my friends a lot in home. And I'm just kind of settling in on that. Like today, I felt like my mental game was a lot better. I had a few lucky putts. Like there was one on hole two. Um, so if you guys watch Gomez. Yeah, exactly. If you guys yeah. watch Gomez today, um, the front round of the pro, that's the course I played today. So hole one, I was smart. I had an ace run. It looked super sweet, um, but I landed circle two. So I was like, as hard as this is, let me lay up, take my par. Hold two, there was a big right to left wind that came into play, and I kind of traced the top of the hill um, to be about edge of circle two. So I was like, I told my card, I'm like, hey, look, I'm going to be you know, masterful in the art of the layup. And so I went up to there, and there was a bush in front of my way, and right behind the bush, about 10 feet, was the basket. So I'm like, okay, lay it up, but don't pitch to the like around the bush. Go above the bush, but be nose down and got a little bit of headwind. And so I pushed like nose down, and my disc just does this like little flutter, flutter, flutter. Kind of looks like it's drifting, catches a chain and roped in like the slowest, like what was a soft layup, slowest speed catch. And I'm just like, okay, that's a birdie. I'm feeling good. Hit hole three with a, you know, kind of, that's that one where they're, as I think Sexton went the big forehand. And I was like, oh, I know my miss is right. I already kind of figured that out. And I pulled it right, but I salvaged a good circle two birdie putt. And I was feeling really good. And then, you know, hole four, I stepped up and I was like, I knew exactly what I was doing. I had a game plan. I committed. The angle was perfect. The disc was perfect out of hand. And then that's just where, like, uncharacteristic in my disc flipped up, turned over, and rode out of bounds. And that kind of started my tough stretch today, um, where I went, I think, bogey, double, bogey, triple, bogey. I took nine strokes over five holes. Um, but I didn't, like, yesterday, I lost my head. Um, today, I didn't lose my head in it. And I kept telling myself, you know, just that kind of idea of, like, you know, you made the right shot like shot choice that was the right angle out of hand just things happen like you know hole six i clipped a branch i went for the island and i knew the risk of going for the eagle on the island hop and so like you know i made the risk and when i took a seven like i knew that was going to be a potential of that and so i settled in and you know i wasn't like too upset when like okay cool like my disc stalled out hyzered missed the path by like a foot I wasn't upset at those things today and I was really proud of that and being able to kind of then string like five pars together to get back on the birdie train um, felt good. Like, cause there was this, I mean, like I said, it's a game of 50, 50 and today didn't go my way. And, you know, if I was to play that course again, say Sunday, I know those shots, I'm still going to step up and do exactly what I did today because it was just those five whole stretches that, you know, turned a really solid day at six birdies I should have been that four to six down, um, feeling really good about myself and my rebound. And I do. I, I felt really well um, being able to step up and commit to my game and keep my mental game in check today, um, having conversations with people too. And, I mean, here's a shout-out to my sponsor, Terminal Velocity, because I find different ways to have fun on the course. And I do this at all tournaments. I used to carry the tilt, and I tried to incorporate the tilt off the tee just once. 
And so my goal in every tournament has been to try to birdie with an Ursus. And so today I went birdie, bogey, and there was like a 260, slightly downhill, forehand shot with a bullseye. And um, we had a guy that was only forehand. He steps up, rips a, you know, FAF, Firebird, force over, comes and crashes. And I step up with the Ursus and I got CTP from the forehand. The only guy in this is like, it wasn't even like about beating him. It was about that, like, okay, I know this is part of my game plan. Every tournament, I want to work this disc in. I want to try to get a birdie with it. I do believe in this disc. It's a solid disc. So let me, you know, reinforce that. And it was like, I mean, I was in the middle of my round taking a picture and posting it because it felt that good to me. And so that kept me on to, like, I think I went like birdie. And what should be a birdie, there's like a par three, 533, like whole monster green, sand trap, out of bounds. And I was like, lay up, pitch across, putt. And get in that par while everybody's bogeying. Like like I said, like I think it's a par four. It should be a par four for us amateurs. I don't think pros. Um, but how many, how many amateurs do you have that can rip 533 uphill? <laughs> um, and so with all of those elements in play, the green pushed right up to like, you know, circle one. And so it's like, well, I birdied out from there and felt really solid in my showing. Um, it's just that one stretch. And I was really proud of like keeping myself. I think a huge shout out. Uh, this is where, so for me, I kind of settled in today as well. Um, one sec, what's his, what is it called? So Ryan Coster. He's the artist that did our, our lounge logo for Gavin, but he does infinite spin radio. He's a vinyl collector. And so he does a radio show and I reached out to him yesterday and he was just like, I was like, dude, can you send me like one or two of your streams or two hour streams so I can listen? So for me, my preparation looked different than I think day one because I'm trying to salvage, like, I know my mental game's a battle. It's not my drives, it's not my putting, it's not my upshots, it's my mental game. And so I included those closest to me um, in that. And I, you know, te- reached out. So being able to kind of listen to, like, some music today that wasn't my playlists, it was, you know, kind of curated and picked for me was, I think, really helpful. Um, so today, I mean, like I said, like, today I went from, like, 43rd to 31st-ish. Um, which kind of, I think 24 is the cut. So um, I have a little bit of work to do, but tomorrow we're doing the Innova side. That's where you watched. Those are the water shots where you guys see like, oh, thrown from high, you got a hyzer around some water and land, um, the par four where girth the ace. So the more scenic course is the one we're playing tomorrow. And, you know, it's actually, to be honest, I feel like one of my stronger courses and suits my game really well. So you said tomorrow you have to get into 24th. Um, why don't you tell everyone, like, what do you think that's going to be like score-wise? Score-wise, I mean, uh, I think we have, you know, somebody killing it right now. They're negative 11 through both days. And then second place is negative one. <laughs> wow. Uh, so there's a big difference. And I think, I mean, it's one of those courses, like, if you can go off, you can go off. I don't feel like any hole is impossible. I don't feel like anything is out of reach. It's smart golf. Um, and everything that I've seen reinforces like when Sexton won and why Sexton won um, a few years back. And I think it's that kind of course. But I think for me, I mean, I got to be negative tomorrow. I don't think I can do another positive day um, and try to make the 24. I think I need to start to shave off some of these strokes to close the distance. I think tomorrow I need to be five, six under. Um, that doesn't change my game plan any. Because my game plan is always to be, you know, right around there, but also kind of attacking every basket, but trying to be smart with them. So, like, hole one is a birdie, like, look for me. Hole two is a birdie, look for me. Hole three is a birdie, look for me. Hole four is a birdie, look for me. Like, kind of settling into those. So, it's like, well, how do I level, like, these birdie looks in salvage par instead of, you know, mismanaging some of these, like, expectations and, you know, like – I've hit this wall with PDs. I was like, I'm only throwing PDs because there's no, like going into it. It was like, this is the disc for Vegas. And then I lost one and then I'm just not getting off the tee. So I busted out my luster CD two today um, and was able to kind of salvage a couple cool shots with that. And so 
one of those discs, like I said, like those mental resets. I think this is why, for me, caddies are so important. Um, I was telling my buddy Tim, I was telling like even Colin when we were talking about coming down here, um, I was like, I just need a caddy because some of these things that I'm working out, it's taking two or three holes. And on those two or three holes, I'm giving up anywhere between one and five strokes. Um, and so it's like, I need that caddy to remind me of these things of like, hey, your PD isn't working, grab a Luster CD2, you know? And I tried to jam a, a, a second run yesterday and it, it seemed forced and I don't want to force anything. And so I think for me, like just coming back to your question, I think five or six down would be really cool, a really spectacular way to finish and try to see where the cards fall. Um, but even just kind of making these steps forward, I think is kind of really important, like step for myself because I mean, I'm all for like a sucker for like trying to figure out like why and what are the lessons and how am I growing from this? Um, yesterday I was a little bit lost for that. And today, I mean, I'm feeling a lot better even though my score doesn't necessarily reflect that. Um, that's the way it goes, right? I mean, it's so, a big improvement over your score from the first day though. Like you cut off strokes from your round one. Yeah, and I, I think that's true for like more, most courses and most tournaments. But when you have three different courses, um, you're going to have three different scores regardless of. So it's not like I'm shaving six. I'm throwing 18 different holes, and this is one of the scorable sides. I mean, I did get six birdies, which feels really good. Um, and so, like, if this is a scorable side and a plus four, there's still, for me, a little bit to feel bad about, even though it's an improvement from yesterday. I think the the course that we played yesterday is, like, you know, one of the harder ones, or if not the hardest on the – on the property, but it's just, I mean, it's an improvement, but not how I wanted to improve. <laughs> Definitely. So for anyone just tuning in or uh, wondering what Paige is talking about, he is at the LVC or the Las Vegas Challenge, which is, would you say the first major disc golf event of the season? I know that there was oh, one no, like last week. It's the first pro tour. I mean, pro tour. I think it starts the season for a lot of pros. It starts the season for a lot of people. Um, usually this is like, disc golf is back when LVC hits. Yes, I know Shelly Sharp's been there. We had the San Diego Open. We've had like, some big B tiers that are coming up. But I think this is like that first like season kickoff. Season started. We're back in disc golf and loving it. Okay. And so this is, you have competed. Did it start Thursday? So you've done Thursday yeah. today. It goes tomorrow and Sunday or just tomorrow? Yeah. So tomorrow and then the cut, um, that's for everyone. They'll have like that, I think 40% this year gets cut to be playing on day four. Okay. Yeah. Which so, is yeah, our podcast tonight will be all about asking Paige. He looks tired. If you can't <laughs> see him right now, if you're just listening <laughs> on Spotify, the man looks exhausted. So we'll just be asking. Josh and I have some questions. Paige doesn't know any of them yet. I don't. So, I'm, so, I'm, I'm acting like the guest – this week, um, I just mostly wanted to talk about Vegas. I thought, I mean, hopefully I was like doing better, but I think being kind of vulnerable and real is important as well. Like we don't always necessarily have what we expect to happen happen. So I still wanted to kind of come in here and hang out with you guys and talk um, and kind of just give that like amateur inside look of Vegas. And I think that's what our goal has been. Um, I traveled, I toured, I toured um, and I was planning to go to Waco from here, but I mean, I couldn't get on the wait list. All right, I was on the wait list, but I didn't want to be patient enough to push through um, and just experience what that travel disc golf is like. I think that's completely been uh, unique to me when I'm on the road and I'm stopping and what what my prep was like. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pros complaining this year about not having adequate practice time. Um, well, I think they 19th. So Saturday is when the practice courses opened up for all pros, but they regulated them. I don't think people know that, that with the three courses, they had certain times where anyone can play. And that was like super early. And then they reserved the course for the like age protected and, you know, um, different levels of players. And so like, I only could practice my starting course on Tuesday. And I only can practice the Innova side on Wednesday. And that fact that I pulled in Monday, I missed one side. Um, and that, I mean, I think for me, it doesn't make as big of a difference because throw PD, 
throw PD, throw PD. <laughs> like, that's me. But when you have pros and I know, like, this is their career, like, the way I prepped for this, I had a long list of my prep and what I've done to prepare myself for this. And I can only imagine what pros do when they have these courses and how many times they need to play it, how many times they go back. I mean, we were passed by, like, Jennifer Allen. We were passed by Ezra because they weren't supposed to be on the side, but they needed to see, like, oh, we only got to play the front half, so I got to finish this back half. We'll play through quick. We'll play through quick. Um, and then watching them rip and bomb was, like, the coolest thing because they just, like, make these – hard holes that's super easy. <laughs> All right. Um, what has been your favorite experience at LBC so far? Uh, so Tuesday, windy, 30, 40, like mile per hour winds. Um, I went out there around like 12 to get my practice round in. And then I went back at 430 and nobody was on the course. <laughs> um, all three courses were empty. I mean, I had nobody. There was like one or two people that I ran into, um, but they weren't on my side. And like being alone with the wind, with your thoughts, like just felt like paradise to me. Um, it's three courses. You look around. It's beautiful scenery, scenic, and you're just ripping, ripping full shots in the wind. So with the tailwind, you can watch bombs like you know 500 i was hitting the 500 foot mark and was like oh my god let's go ripped um i was into headwind it was like throwing my first run pd2 and it was like this is the you know best eight dollar disc i've ever bought like i mean just being alone on the course while the sun's setting the animals that are starting to get active for me was my like personal like favorite um moment this week other than that i think um and every throw, my, my, what I told, like, um, Evelyn, my, my, my partner, I told her every throw is a privilege and I should act like it. And for me, that's what I've been trying to do. So even though things aren't going my way, every time I step up to a tee, every upshot I make, every putt I make, I'm just, you know, like truly amazed because it is like a privilege. Like how many people wish they were here? How many people are watching, tuning in and saying, oh yeah, I can hit that bird. You know, because it's like, what, 233-foot shot to start the in our infinite side? Like, oh, yeah, all of us have that in our, our repertoire. Everybody, everyone should have, like, a 230-foot shot. Um, and they're all saying, like, oh, yeah, of course I'll birdie that. Of course I'll birdie that. And then stepping up and realizing, like, okay, here I am, edge of circle one, laying it up. Hey, here's my Simon moment in saying that hurt. <laughs> you know, so, I mean – for me, every, every shot's been a privilege. That's a pretty good way of looking at it. Um, so for most people that have, that play disc golf, they probably don't travel um, for disc golf. Like what, what would you suggest for someone that is prepping for either their first tournament ever, or maybe their first major tournament, or maybe their first like travel tournament? What's some helpful hints you could give people? I mean, stick with what you know, and if it's working, keep going to it. Um, I mean, I'm talking about stock release shots. I'm talking about discs. I'm talking about, you know, if it's working, just lean on it heavily. Um, like I said, my, like my PD has been like fire. And so I was just like, it becomes my kind of safety blanket and I'm gonna go hyzer, hyzer, hyzer over like being like, well, let me hyzer flip turn and come back. You know, like go, it's comfortable, slow down. I think my biggest thing is always slowing down and being methodical with it. Um, but travel, hydration. My biggest worry down here was hydration. And I was, I had a Pedialyte every single day. When I do two rounds, I'd have two Pedialytes. And, you know, I'm still like lips dry, I'm flushed, I'm tired. But hydration has been huge in my preparation, and I haven't been worried about it. I haven't even wanted to drink because, I mean, we got, we, they gave us free drink tickets. And I was like, I don't want to drink at all. If I wake up dry, cotton mouth, I'm not going to play well. Um, so hydration is important. I carry a Theragun with me. And so every morning, middle of rounds, before my round, after my rounds, like, I am like hammering myself out and staying loose. I drove down here. So I went 12 hours 
to Santa Cruz, played De La Viega, and then I went eight hours to Vegas, I stopped at Slow. So I made sure I stopped on my drive to stay loose. While I'm driving, I'm hammering myself out, staying loose. The last thing you want is to let your body start to kind of like compress. And then you're gonna be spending two or three days trying to like hammer out that rust. Um, so anything you can do if you're traveling to stay loose, I think is important. Me, I'm going to bed like head to toe. Tiger Bomb and Biofreeze has been like <laughs> my old man tricks. And, you know, I keep joking with the missus with like the whole idea of like, well, I better start to like start this. I'm rubbing it in. I brought a bucket with me and Epsom salt and I'm soaking like all the way up into my knee every night with like hot water, um, everything that you can like. Like, and then this is a sport, right? Treat yourself like an athlete and take care of your body. Um, the shots are going to come. That's where you got to trust. When you're when you're tournament, you got to trust in your prep. Everything that you've done up until now is going to be on display at the tournament. And there's nothing you can do at that. you know, you got to trust that preparation. Um, so making sure that you're taking care of yourself instead of throwing your arm out, I think, is the best advice I can give you. See, I kind of wish I heard this before I went to Ledgestone last year. Mine's like the opposite of yours. Like driving all the way there. I'm like sleeping in my Prius. I'm stopping at bars to drink at night before I go to sleep in the back of my car. You know, I'm drinking before, not a lot, but drinking before rounds. Not really, um, you know, I'm over exerting myself the whole time. Uh, and did I shoot well? No. <laughs> I had a blast when I did it. <laughs> so it, it's cool to hear um a different approach on doing it and it sounds like it's a lot smarter of an idea uh, when i say that i mean i still shot poorly but i wasn't upset at my preparation i know i did everything i i could to put my, myself in that moment and i decided to regress a little bit mentally and then, like i said like, it wasn't my throws it wasn't my putts it wasn't my preparation it was my mental game um i think for me this is the first tournament as Jammers in the Rough hosts, as kind of a little public figure, not much, just a little bit of a public figure in regards to all the people that messaged me with levels of support. Um, I was surprised at that and that pressure that comes with that for me. Like, I felt like I'm not just letting myself down. Like, other tournaments, I can let myself down, I'm fine. And I'll rebound and I'm like, okay, like, shoot, that happens. I rolled away, boo-hoo, right? Like, those things happen, but then you put the pressure of like the two, two to 700 people that know me, the two to 700 people that are the two, three, four people that came up to me and it's like, hey, you're Paige, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, hey, I see you all the time online. Like that added some pressure to me that I've never felt before. And that's why, I mean, to be honest, when I start to reflect on yesterday and that regression, I think a lot of it had to do with that external like pressure that I was putting on myself, not the internal. I know how to, like, I know how to win. And more importantly, I know how to lose. Um, and that's never been an issue with me. And I think just everyone checking in, like I was getting, I, to be honest, I was kind of getting annoyed, not because of like them caring, but it's just like, man, like I want to talk to you. I want to have this heartfelt, but I want to have this face to face. I want to have this conversation. When you ask me like what went wrong, I want to talk to you about it. You know, I don't want to be like, let me type this out because, oh, then I got to focus. I got to take away and I got to, you know, get in that moment of well, what happened, you know, and I don't have that answer. And so there was a lot of pressure, I think, for me that I didn't realize until, you know, I was acting like, you know, like I say, I regressed two years. Two years ago, I was playing some of my first tournaments and losing and being like, why am I missing this putt? I never missed this putt. Why can't I throw a disc? You know, and that, that internal pressure of wanting to be good um, is why I mentally broke down back then. But now I feel like it's external. Um, you know, like I ran into Casey White. I said hi to him. We played practice rounds together. And he was like, I didn't know you were playing. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can call it that. But yeah, I'm here. <laughs> like, um, But like even that pressure of like, oh, hey, like Casey White's checking in on me and how my tournament's going. Jeb. Like Jeb, who's MP40, is checking in on me. I played with Henry, who's an upcoming 15-year-old from Portland that we were in the final lead card of San Diego Open. We're playing a practice round together, and he's checking in on me. Um, random guy, volunteer from Oregon, his name's Bo. He's like, Paige, 
what's up? Look at all these Oregon boys. Like, all of this, like, you know, like, support, which is, like, crazy. Like, you should do good when you have support. But for me, it's, like, the opposite of, like, you, you put too much pressure on me. Like, I'm just, like, I, I, I act like I'm this humble guy that, you know, it just, because that's who I am. Like, I don't want to be anymore. Like, I'm still, like, the starstruck guy of, like, hey, there's Calvin Heinberg sitting over there. I'm not going to go talk to him. I just acknowledge that he's there. Oh, look, hey, there's Barsby. Or, hey, look, you know, like, I wanted to introduce myself to two pros, and I did. You know, I found Dustin Keegan, who is an Oregonian, and is good friends with Josh Winter and you play. And I was like, hey, I'm Paige. I know you don't know me, but I'm close with Josh. I'm a Growwood ambassador. We're partnering with you with you play. And I just wanted to introduce myself. And I don't want a pitcher. I just threw next to him on warm-ups. And then um, Leah, she's an indigenous, uh, well, she's native. She's a native disc golfer who's FPO. And so I wanted to introduce her, but I wanted to make sure that I introduced myself to her when I had my daughter with her because now my daughter, when she gets older, she's like, oh, yeah, I met this person. She's an FBO. She's a native disc golfer. Maybe I can follow that, and it doesn't need to follow me or anything. So those are the only two pros I really wanted to introduce myself to, and I did, and I felt happy about that. That's awesome. That's, a, that's cool. Yeah, Dustin's a really chill guy. He's fun to throw with. Um, like, with that being said, like, um, what, would you do, what would you do differently next time, like, for the next tournament, say – next one you do or even next year at lvc <laughs> my tournament's next weekend <laughs> my next one um <laughs> i think so I'll, I'll take that that question twice what i would do differently for lvc i don't think i would do anything i trust my prep my prep was amazing i there's a common theme in lifting um timing your peak timing when you want to PR. So this is bodybuilders. This is strongman. This is, you know, power lifters, because what you're trying to do is you aim for a contest and you need to have everything ready to PR at that contest. Um, and timing that peak is so, so important. And if you mistime that and, you know, a day or two, that's all it could be, or it could be a week or two. When you have a three to six month program, one to two week, being off is really easy to do. Um, and so for me, I just think I missed, like missed time to my peak. Two weeks ago, I was shooting my best golf ever, negative five, horseshoe lake, blind, negative five, Milo West, like I'm just hammering it. And then last week, brick wall, cannot throw, cannot hit a putt, was working through my mental game, but I hammered through that. I know how to get that. And even losing my bag tag in Dela, like I'm so like, okay, this isn't what I like, this isn't what I'm focusing on. This is me working out what I need to work out. Um, and so I was doing two days, boom, boom. And then I just told myself one round before we start, I did. And I was feeling good. I, I felt like I finally came through. I figured out what was going on with my putting. I made the acclimation to our weather. I made the adjustments. Like, I don't feel like I would do anything differently. Um, for LVC. And that to me, I think is really exciting because when I started to like add to that second part of that question of what does this do carrying into the next tournament? It's learning these lessons of this mental game and carrying that with me. It's continuing to make throws that I know I can make and hit putts that I know I can make and capitalize on it because, you know, I want to act like I don't belong. I want to act like I have this imposter syndrome when it comes to having success. But even on my bad days, I'm feeling like I could be 10, like five down, four down, like consistently. My 10 point, my 10 day yesterday, 10 over day yesterday could easily be par to one down. Um, it just happened to be a few, few miscues on my end and being able to be like, okay, cool. Like if this is my season, like, off i started the season hot i started really well and i need this like i need this reality check and so i think that's going to carry me into next weekend for my tournament it's another i think two course tournament um we're playing uh right on the columbia so there's a lot of wind involved my wind game i was so like everyone was like 20 30 mile per hour winds and i'm just like no i'm handling this wind like I've never handled wind before. I felt so, that's how like, 
I went out. I went back when nobody wanted to go back because I was comfortable in the wind. And I wanted to work on my wind putts and my wind drives because, like Vegas, like twenty thirty here, Vegas was like fifty to sixty. I was like, this is still not wind. Like, and I was feeling good. I was making the reads. So I don't think I would do anything differently. I mean, I said hi to the people I wanted to say hi to. I made time to do some amazing things with my family on this vacation side. I've gotten to rest. Um, I made stops along the way. I mean, I lost, I left my P3X in uh, San Luis, or yeah, slow, San Luis Obispo. <laughs> I lost a few discs, but it's like, I think that's part of the game. And I kept my head around those things and made my adjustments best I can. That's a really good positive outlook. Um, I mean, <laughs> I try. <laughs> well, and, and you also got to realize, think about all the different professional athletes and stuff that probably put in the preparation, but the outcome is going to be different. Uh, just because you put in all the work doesn't mean everything's going to land in your favor. Like you said, it's a game of inches. You might get that bad windbreak or you might get that bad draft or a bad roll, and you really can't change that every time. You got people out there that are shooting, you know, professional athletes, professional disc golfers that are shooting similar scores some days. Sometimes it's just not your day. So it's, it's good to be positive about that. I mean, it's being, like, very real as well, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all had those hot days where, you know, three or four birdies went in that normally don't. And it's easy to accept those, but you got to be willing to accept some of that bad um, where those things that just don't go. I mean, sometimes you top deck and you win, and sometimes you top deck and you lose. And that's where, I mean, think for me, it's just like, well, I did everything right, and I can't, I can't be mad at that. Like, I'm here. Um, and I got to believe it makes me better. And that's why I keep telling myself, is like, I got to believe this makes me better. I got to believe that I'm going to be better because of it, because, you know, this is what I want. I was at PDX Open. I remember, like, following Eagle's card, and I was turned over to my friend, and I was just like, I'm enjoying this, but I want to be out here. I want to be playing. I don't want to be following. I don't want to be, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't need to be lead card. And that's not like, where I, I just want to be on this course playing this course and making myself better um and i'm here and i'm doing that and though the results aren't what i wanted i'm still i know i'm still here <laughs> right and that's that's amazing to me so like everyone's probably or many people listening here have probably seen the coverage on like jomez or dgn and it is a beautiful course and that's pretty cool that you get to play the same course at like professional athletes we see on TV or playing um, looking at the course as a whole, what, what do you think would be your favorite hole or favorite tee or what's just like your favorite part of this course? The next one. <laughs> the next it, course. It, 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 my, my next throw is the, the, the one I'm looking forward to the most because they're all great shots. I mean, I guess like, let me think. Oh, the, the one, on your head. No, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to really think. Like, I think I really enjoy the one girthy aced because that one's a fun one to throw. You have water all on the right side, 430, slightly uphill. You should be able to get there. Uh, the greens are fast. Um, so you land 420, you're going to get a skip. But laying it up isn't easy. Like, there's no easy layups here. Like my whole, like, I got to get good at the art of laying up this whole place. You know, I think if I just was disciplined and can lay up controlled 300 shots, which I have dialed in, I would do a lot better, but I'm just like getting like biting. So like that one for me was like probably one of my favorite holes that I really, you know, kind of look forward to tomorrow. Like I'll be throwing it. I really enjoyed it in practice round. Um, it's also kind of special because that's where like Jen Allen, Evelina, um, can't think of her last name, passed me and another European, like FPL, and just watching them kind of, you know, shred that hole. And then I lose my Echo DD3 to the water. But then I, they turned around, like, the first thing they said wasn't like, oh, no, that sucks. They're like, that was freaking ripped. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, Jed Allen just said I can freaking rip, even though it's in water. Like, you know, it just it's one of those things. So for me, that hole is something I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Um, and I will say the camera doesn't do the elevation here nearly enough. I think coming in, I was like, 
oh, it's a golf course, flat, long shots. That's not here. There's a lot of elevation. There's a lot of distance control. There's a lot of, you know, like, hey, 400 feet and then big green, big sand trap. You know, how do you play this? Like today, there was a, there was a 533 foot par three and you had maybe a 200 foot green. That was OB. You had a sand trap, you had a tree, and it's just like, you know, how do you play it? And so I went like 380 PD hyzer right before the sand trap. We were walking up, we're like, hey, that sand trap is not 400 like we thought, it's 380, so now I'm 360, and trusted myself to like, I haven't thrown a zone all tournament. I haven't thrown a zone in a week and a half, and I trusted myself to take that zone and play a skip shot off the green to save my par. Like, you know, those type of things, like the elevation is real subtle. Like everyone sees the hills and the rollaways and those scary putts. But I'm talking about like, can you, like you've never thrown 500 feet before, but now you have downhill and you're pushing 550 into a green because you didn't know you could do that. (laughs) And now here you are taking two strokes because you just learned like, you know, that you could throw far. And it looks, and it is far, you know? And so I think that's like a lot of that kind of subtlety is like the whole, like everyone I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, and I ran it too, like 300 foot Eagle. Why isn't everyone doing it? And then realizing how elevated that hole really is and those islands. Um, and then do you have the stones to step up and actually do it? I didn't, you know? But tomorrow you might. No, tomorrow is a different course. Tomorrow you will. <laughs> Tomorrow you will have some stones. <laughs> no, tomorrow I'm, I mean, like, I'm looking forward to like, like I said, there's a lot, like, I think Northwest taught me a lot of things. There's a lot more wooded gaps on this course tomorrow than there there's ever been. And stepping up and being like, there is no gap because I exist in a must, like, you know, if you can't hit gaps, you're going to have a terrible time in the Northwest. Um, and so there was times like in the practice round was just like, I'm lacing the gaps. I'm pushing out by like 450 and just being like, hey, cool. I have that shot now. Um, and that's the stuff that I'm going to carry with me, like moving forward, because, you know, I learned so much about my game. My PDs are going 425 and that's freaking amazing. That's a level up that like they're like 380 last week. I'm down here. My ligaments are loose. The weather is warm and my PDs are going 425. I'm happy guy. <laughs> So you might have said this before, but like, um, what what is your fi- your favorite disc so far that you're throwing that you see yourself grabbing most? PD. The PD. My PDs and then my workhorse. I go to I go I go to war with it, but I still trust it more than any of my discs down here, um, especially when I'm needing to land on tight fairways. Uh, my CD twos, which I love, and you all know I love. There's a little flippy down here, and so I don't trust them to keep straight. They're turning over, and if things are turning over, you're going to have a bad day here. Um, And so my PDs, I got dialed in, but very sneaky second. I stopped at Tim Nazaroff, the Nazman in Santa Cruz, and he had some, like, Color Glow Mobile Store FD3s in his collection. I left with two of them. Never thrown the disc in my, my... my, my career, I just wanted to buy them um, because I've been really enjoying my FT3, but it's a little bit like flippier. And so put it in my bag and it's become a secret workhorse of this tournament. Um, when it's 270, go above the tree, Spike Kaiser, boom. I'm backhanding it 360, 370. And like today there's like the 350 downhill. I went like 75 long. And it never came back. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Why didn't you fade? But there's like shots like where I'm just reaching for it because I can trust it that much like right away. And when it comes to headwind, like it's putting in work. So I've been, it's been a low key, something I didn't come down from Portland with that hopped on in Santa Cruz and has been putting in work and trusting that, you know, I always say like confidence in the disc and that feel, um, you know, trumps a lot of things. And so being able to kind of trust that and just throw it um, because that it feels good has given me a lot of strokes back. And that's the, you're saying the glow FD3, right? Yeah. 
the mobile store. And that's the one that's more uh, overstable than the Disc Maniac Color Glow, right? Yeah, it's not as overstable as the OG Glow runs, but I think it's probably one of the beefier runs of just FP3s in general. And they're chalky. And yeah. so this is where I, I think I give a shout out. What's uh maybe I don't give a shout out. What's the the guy with the bags? The say or the the whale sacks, but not whale sacks. The niche bags? Uh yeah, the niche bags. Thank you. Corey? Corey. Thank Corey you. boring, I think, right? Yeah. This is where I give a subtle shout out to them. I'm sorry, Corey. I'm fried, but I clipped it on and I haven't used it yet. But the little bit of humidity. My problem with chalk bags is either you get way too much chalk or you get no chalk at all. So these niche bags actually have kind of been that little perfect balance of like just a little bit of chalk, a little bit of clay. My like I'm a very tactile guy, so like too much chalk in my hands. That's why I don't rub my hand on the ground because it just gives me like these the willies. And so being able to like use the niche bag comfortably, um has saved me at least two strokes. I lost them both yesterday, but I got them both back. <laughs> sponsorship so, opportunity. Nah, sponsored uh, by niche bags. Jammers I'm not looking for sponsorship. I just, I mean, you know me, I believe in a product and definitely got to give it a shout out. Because hmm. it's humid and clammy down here. Not humid, it's just clammy. So it's uh, not a dry heat? I, I always think like Vegas, desert, dry heat. Oh, it's, but super, not that. it's stupid dry heat. Like my lips are freaking, like I've been, like I said, with hydration, hydration, and I'm still like, lips are like wanting to peel. It's just like, because of the heat, my hands are getting, <laughs> my hands are clammy. They're not dry. All right. Well, um, Jammer's in the rough. I, I feel like me and Josh are taking over Paige's job because he's just slacking. Normally we try and stay in that 45 minute to hour window. And I feel like tonight would probably be one of those nights where Paige busted. He has to rest up for tomorrow. So I almost feel like tonight we should kind of do those closing thoughts. Yeah. Let Paige rest up for tomorrow. We can wish him the best. Let's let's hope tomorrow he makes that cut. <laughs> Is there any way we can watch live? Like, can we follow live somewhere? I mean, PGA live scoring. So you can follow my scores. Like, And that's just where you go to. I think you find the event, click on live scoring, and just track it. But Or, hear me out. You can duct tape your phone to the handle of your your cart <laughs> and go Facebook Live. I mean, if I you went live, that'd be pretty pressure. Legit. I don't think I'm going to go live and put more external pressure on me. That's true. That's true. Finish like four or five down. <laughs> That's true. We got to find out who's on your card. All right. So, Paige, where have you go first? What are your closing thoughts for tonight? Well, my closing thoughts are one: I'm super happy that out of not knowing the questions, you didn't throw any like screwballs my way. Um, I'm happy with that, but my closing thoughts are like, don't be afraid to travel. Don't be afraid of the tournaments, but also don't be afraid to suck, you know, just own it. Like there's something to be had for it. I think Blue Lake, one of my home courses has taught me and humbled me real quick of some of those days you lose five discs and that's part of disc golf. Like be able to kind of accept some of that bad with the good, I think is really important. Um, and it's just like, well, how do you kind of rebound? How do you get back to it? And still making sure you're enjoying yourself. Like for how poor my score has been, I've still had the absolute blast. Yesterday I was standing in line with the Firebirds. Well, I wasn't in line. The missus was sitting in line. And I was taking my daughter all over the disc golf course, all of the pros turning and looking at her and in admiration. Emerson Keith was like, I remember when I went to Jonesboro, and, I, and like Emerson and me were talking about being a father and our kids and now being able to see Emerson and be like, hey, here's my daughter. Like, you know, to me is cool. So like for me, like I'm trying to enjoy everything um, that I can, meeting new people um, and just continuing to throw. So for me, like my closing thoughts are don't be afraid to kind of just put yourself out there and fail. You know, it's going to make you stronger and you're going to be better for it. And, you know, I think for me, um, I wanted this, I guess I needed this humility. Like people are already asking me when I'm going to jump to MPO, um, local, because I've got a couple wins under my belt and stuff. And like, this is like, shows me like, I might be a decent MA one player in Oregon, but you get hit the road and I'm fighting to be top 24 to make the cut. Like, so I was like, well, what am I training for? We got worlds coming up. we got nationals coming up. 
you know, I want to try to do another eight, like pro tour because this is addicting. So I want to do BSF. We, I want to do PDX open. I want to just, I mean, for me, I just want to play. And so that, that, that don't be afraid to get out there and actually just start to kind of throw some discs. Embrace the suck. Josh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I love listening to you talk about disc golf page. <laughs> it's beautiful to listen to you're a very positive human and you you point out the negatives without being super negative which is cool um with that said my closing thoughts i recently have been uh out disc golfing and anyone who's played with me um would know that when it comes to me putting i don't i don't i don't putt well to say the least i i'm i'm really bad at it uh, I was out with uh, John, he who goes bump in the night, Wilson, and I was telling him how I just need to, I just need to change everything I'm doing to start start over from scratch. And he he's like, no, this adamant, no, you're not going to start over. You just need to change how you're approaching it because when I put in, when I make it, you can hear those chains from across the course because how hard I throw it. So we stopped for a little bit, and he. Um, showed me a few things on slowing it down and i kind of just like you know what i'm just gonna stick with this and try it out i'm hitting metal i'm not like going past the basket as much um and just that like outside perspective of someone else saying hey try this and me putting the effort in and trying it has really changed my putting game and my confidence with the putter um just in the matter of a week um so if you're if you feel like you need some help, don't be afraid to ask someone else. Just even if they're not as if they're if you're better than them in your mind, they might have a trick that could help your game out. Yeah, I saw a guy putting today with whippets, and he used to putt with T-birds, and he said people get pissed at him when he's draining sixty footers with a whippet. But it's just like this is my putter. It's a DX Pro or no KC Pro um, Whippet, and he was jamming circle two putts like nobody's business today. Um, he struggled circle one, but that's you know that's besides the point. But because he made it up on circle twos, <laughs> and so um, but yeah, no, it was crazy. Like watching somebody just being like. This is my putting style. There are many like it, but this is mine. <laughs> and owning it. And I haven't seen a, whip, whippets in forever. Yeah, but coming from like a, a rave EDM background, that sounded like an interesting putt. Uh, <laughs> uh, closing thoughts, Cody? Um, I feel like you guys covered it pretty well, but I, I like the embrace the suck and don't be afraid to be humbled sometimes. Uh, playing competitive volleyball, I always thought like, you know, did pretty well around here. And then you'd go somewhere and just get crushed and use that as an opportunity to want to get better. If you are getting just beat down, like Paige could have taken today and yesterday as I'm getting, getting beat pretty bad and just kind of give up and be like, you know, this isn't for me, but uh, instead use it as a way to what can I do to improve? Uh, what did I learn from this and what can I do moving forward? Or do I need to change how I prepare? Do I need to change uh, my mental game? And sometimes it might be a small tweak. Sometimes it might be something big. So don't be afraid to get beat because usually getting beat is when you get better. If you are always winning and always the top dog, uh, you're probably not really gaining any experience or any um i don't want to say exposure but you're not you're not really improving but usually the guys that are getting beat at first are the guys that are making improvements because they want to be beating that guy i know if i'm getting beat i want to find out what i can do to beat you so embrace the suck be okay getting humbled and get better absolutely no, that's, I mean, same thing today. Like, there was a guy who said something. I can't remember it, but I, I remember thinking, like, oh, you think I'm competing against you, and I'm not. I'm not out here, like, trying to beat anybody. 
I'm out here competing with myself and wanting what I'm like out on display to show the re positive reflection of me and wherever that might land, whether it's first or 64th, I know I'm putting myself out there and competing with myself and I'm gonna fall where I fall. You know, me shooting 10 down and this other guy shooting 10 down, it's not me like trying to beat him. I'm kind of continuing to work against this course better myself. And it's like that same mentality of like, like, oh yeah, like when he told me that, I was just like, no, I'm not out here competing against you. I don't care. Like I'll watch your shots because I am a disc junkie and I have the old like memory bank of so many people's random shots in my mind where I can be like, hey Josh, you remember last time you threw this here? And he'd be like, no. But I'm like, oh well, I do. You should probably do that again. Or why don't you try it this differently? Because that's who I am. But it's like, I'm not out here trying to beat you. I'm out here trying to better myself because I love this game and I want to continue to grow in this game. You know, my I always tell people like my goals transcend like my own personal, like I'm dead serious about the idea of wanting to be the world's best caddy for my daughter. Like that's why I need to see what a thousand rated game looks like. What does MPO look like? What does touring look like? I need to see these things so that when I'm the caddy and primary sponsor for my daughter, she doesn't have to worry about those things because it's already been done. The path has already been carved and it's just the option to her and that she can take. Um, so with that, Casey, I do look like I've been up 142 hours because I feel like I've been up 142 hours. I played more disc golf this week and a half than I have in like two years, and I'm loving every minute of it and can't wait to continue to play. Um, guys, we are live on Spotify. We are live on YouTube and Apple Music and Google Music. We are here for you and clearly no matter how tired I am, I'm going to continue to be like hosting and making sure that like we jammers in the rough is available to you guys. So thank you all for tuning in. I know it's Friday. I know you have a great um, Jomez card tomorrow. Disc golf is here guys. When's the last time you can say like, Hey, Jomez live front nine in the morning. That's tomorrow. That's today. Disc golf's back guys. So I'm super stoked for our next season um, and hopefully making the day, day four tomorrow. So with that, keep jamming it in the rough. <laughs>